Thanks for joining the SoarCast, where we talk about drones, manned aircraft, and satellites, and how they relate to geospatial products found on the SOAR platform. Welcome, everyone, to the SoarCast, and today we have some interesting guests. We're talking to Andrew Dedman with Stratus Imaging out of Western Australia, and we're also talking to Tristan Steventon with StevTech in Peak Hill, New South Wales. Um, and they're both working in the ad, ag space, and they're both um, partnering together with something called uh, Tyrannus Ag, which is pretty much the highest level ag, um, ag application for drones that I've seen. And that'll be the second part of the interview. And and really the first part of the interview is, is just saying uh, hello to our guests and learning about what they're doing in, in the space. And then we'll get down in the weeds. Um, this, I promise there'll be plenty of, um, what's the word, uh, phrases or or, or, uh, or jokes about agriculture, if I, if I can manage them. Um, anyhow, welcome, um, Tristan. Um, you're with... Um, StevTech, and uh, can you tell us uh, how did StevTech get started, and um, and yeah, what you guys are doing? Yeah, thanks, Darren, and, and great to be here. Uh, StevTech started in about 2016. Um, I grew up on a on a farm when I was when I was sort of growing up, and left that farm just after school to go to the military. And at the end of the military career, I realised that a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that we were focusing on in the military, uh, robotics, uh, artificial intelligence, resource scarcity, and a bunch of other things, really applied. Um, to the agricultural sector. So after my sort of 20 years in the, in the Australian Army, I got out and returned to, um, to the agricultural sector and kicked off uh, StevTech, which was a fortuitous timing because just, it was uh, at the, just that moment that one of Australia's most desperate droughts occurred. So we've been uh, battling through that for the last uh, three or four years, but that's, that's sort of how we, how we started. And what we do is essentially we scour the globe for some of the most advanced tech we can find in terms of drone or geospatial tech, and then we make it really simple and really accessible at the ground level. So we we sort of fulfill that that niche between those tech companies that are building really cool stuff like Tyrannus, and then that farmer who wants to apply that tech in his paddock. We basically translate that from advanced tech into simple solutions. Oh, brilliant. Thanks, Tristan. And Andrew, you are with Stratus Imaging. You've been a guest on the uh, the SoarCast before, and you are also uh, the Australian distributor for Tyrannus um, Ag. Can you tell us uh, why not? Tell us a little bit about um, you know how you got into this space, and also give us an overview of what uh, Tyrannus Ag uh, serves. Thanks, Darren, and uh, thanks for the invite back. It's good to have a second bite of the cherry and, and come back and have a, have a chat. Um, yeah, so. A bit like Tristan, we started back in 2016 and basically the same journey. We looked at the, the global tech market and see what where um, technology was going within ag. There was a lot of, uh, it's, I found it very disjointed between what's happening at, on a farmer level and what's happening at a tech level. It just didn't seem to, to be a single package and that's what we brought, um, what we think we bring to the market is that, that continuity from tech to the farmer and, and the application. Because farmers want to be able to use the tech but get something out of it, make a decision. And that's where we, we partner with Tranus, uh, which is an Israeli company. They've been going for, I think, about 2012-13 from memory. And they use 
higher resolution imagery down to 0.3 of a millimetre, and we'll have a look at that a bit later, that actually started to look at insects and disease and weeds within the within the image. So it's not a a normal image where you would um, look at plant health and, and apply it across the field. This is actually looked at for individual weed species and insects. It's really exciting. Um, Tristan uh, over in New South Wales has flown a lot of uh, hectares for us, so he's very familiar with, uh, with the technology as well. It'll be good to explain that in a little bit more detail later on. Yeah, thanks for that, Andrew. And um, certainly, certainly warrants a bit of time. Um, I think you threw out those numbers, the 0.3 mils of, um, you know, ground resolution and the things that we'll, we'll learn about how that, that tech is working. It's AI um, driven, in fact, to do all sorts of things um, just in the agricultural space. I'm sure it could be applied in, um, you know, other industries, but they're certainly just focused, um, or this tech is focused on that. Um, before we go back into imagery um, and and something we covered in the the last uh, interview with you, Andrew, um, this this is mostly going to be on on the imagery and how the the you know the um, the imagery is used for analysis and improving um, yield and those types of things. But there's other applications, and we did cover using um, drone swarms and how they work. But um, if it, if one of you can just briefly outline. Uh, but beyond imagery, how else are drones serving agriculture? You got this one, Andrew. Oh, you want me to go ahead with it? Yeah. I'm happy to take it. Uh, well, obviously, a lot of what drones do at the moment in agriculture is to do with um, imagery. Um, but I think it's the add-on of uh, things like artificial intelligence and machine learning to that imagery, which is going to have the biggest impact. Um, that, and what I mean by that is, I suppose, once you've got that image, once you've got that, that data layer, it's not necessarily an image anymore. It's just data points geospatially represented, so data points across terrain. And then you can use that for all sorts of things. One of the, the biggest things that uh, we found is the need for corporate farms, so big farms that need to talk to boards to generate statistics. And the use of imagery um, and artificial intelligence or machine learning, to be able to turn that imagery into statistics so they can understand how they're farm is trending is a really huge a really huge uh, trend that I'm seeing. Um, obviously there's other areas like uh, the use of thermal imaging um, for canopy temperatures to understand whether or not to water, um, how to irrigate, when to not irrigate, when you're over irrigating, when you're under irrigating. Survey, obviously survey is a big thing in, in some parts of agriculture where you need to have nice flat fields. Um, but in Australia, I think the most common use of drones at the farm level is probably just to check on things that you can't be bothered going and having a look at. So if it's going to take you like half an hour to go around all your troughs or whatever, you can sit on your back porch and, or the farmer sits on his back porch and sends the drone around. That's, that's sort of in the Australian context what, what drones get used for a lot. Well, that's, that's, that's good to know, but it certainly serves a purpose and, um, you know, would certainly save uh, guys times. I know time. I know it's a, uh, well, it just takes time to get out there, check fences, like you said, troughs. Um, that's another big thing. And and uh, we see that in, in farms um, in our other part of our business in terms of the geospatial stuff. It's the Internet of Internet of Things. And I might touch on that a little bit, but um, having that data and, and feeding it back, uh, you know, sort of real time being able to monitor things. And I think drones um, sort of have a, a place there. And so maybe I'll I'll touch on that. So going back to to imagery. Uh, I have a drone. Uh, it's a store-bought drone. Um, seems to do pretty well and produces RGB or red, green, blue images. Um, 
what what uh, this is I want to make this fairly specific, but how is a farmer going to use that image of say uh, a canola field or a wheat field? Uh, how is he going to use that type of image? Um, I think it, it comes down what the farmer wants to achieve, and a store brought drone sometimes does not achieve what the, what the outcome is. So as you mentioned, an RGB uh, standard camera is not going to give you any more than an aerial view of a farm. Uh, that is very, you, know, you can get information from that, but once you start looking into plant health and water stresses, as Tristan mentioned, your standard camera is not going to provide that, that level of data. So that's where we get into the multi-spectrum space and look at stuff that's outside the visual band, uh, such as near infrared and far infrared, to look at water stress and plant health. So they do have their place, but it's always we always look at the use case. What is the to achieve, and what decisions is he trying to make, or what challenges is he trying to? Overcome? Yeah, and I'd, I'd add to that. Okay, you cool. can have the the drone. That's that's no worries, and collect some pretty high high um high resolution data just with off the shelf drones, but. It's the system that you actually need. So that's where Andrew and, and, and my company sort of focuses on producing that system. So imagery is only one part of the puzzle. There's all the analytics that need to go with it, and they, they can cost a lot of money to get that developed um, and get that rolled out and subscribed to that or whatever. But that's, it's really the system that produces the effect, not the individual camera or the drone. Hmm. And that actually brings something to mind. I know that um, when I spoke with Andrew, he's been, um, you know, working with um, modifying drones, accommodating, um, you know, sort of the, the need or the the end goal by modifying a drone for some way. So um, I just is is I know it's it's hard to to put a number on it, but um, I mean, I are the, there's probably obvious um, time saving and and um, as well. Uh, dollar savings if you are to use sort of a service or something that is is supported um, I don't know I don't know if we can put a number on that but I think it's just a learning curve kind of thing maybe we can just get that out there that um, you know working with somebody who's got the the technology and the know-how um, is probably going to save you a bit of time so I like what you guys said about um, putting the information out there in a way that that those guys use it and then as well they can they can relate that to um, board members and such. Um, because yeah, I was speaking with somebody earlier today and they're in the construction, um, you know, uh, industry using drones, but, um, the way that the, those guys use data is, is entirely different than, than we might use it. Um, okay. Tristan, you talked about, uh, thermal and the use of thermal drones. So I know you can, you can, um, now even thermal drones or, or integrated drones, you can buy drones that have integrated thermal cameras. Um, tell us just a bit more about how thermals used in ag. It's, a, it's increasing in its use at the moment. So I don't think um, – it's used a lot in research at the moment, but I don't, I don't see a lot of it being fielded um, uh, commercially uh, just yet. Um, but certainly um, let's take an, a use case, an example um, in Australia. A canola field, for instance, would um, – uh, sorry, a, a, a cotton, a cotton organisation, a cotton crop um, in Australia gets irrigated pretty heavily. One of the highest input costs into cotton is water. So it, water costs a lot in Australia uh, where we irrigate. Um, and 
there's sort of there's there's in crop sensors there's there's canopy sensors you can put in the crop to have a look at specific parts of the canopy but if you have uh, terrain variation or any number of soil variations or whatever across the, the remainder of that paddock you might not have a, a constant thermal temperature of that canopy um, so getting a drone over with the correct thermal sensor that can 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 define you know very specific changes in temperature might give you really good uh, decision points to make decisions on irrigating, whether you need to irrigate now or whether you can wait another two or three days to irrigate or whether you can wait another week to irrigate, which might save you an irrigation cycle, which might save you thousands and thousands of dollars in, in water. So I see that's where that's where thermal is really going to make a big impact in agriculture, but I don't see it necessarily being rolled out commercially uh, in great numbers just yet in Australia, but it might be elsewhere in the globe, I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. Um... Going a little bit more into, um, I guess, the multispectral space. So both the um, sort of your your near infrared, and then even um, on the other side, the ultraviolet, and and even the, the far infrared. Um, the most common, you know, uh, image composite. We we use the phrase composite to indicate it's a you know there's a bit of an algorithm behind it. Um, is NDVI to show when there's uh, you know plant health. Um, which is basically using red and green, and, the, and then a, um, it's the, the ratio of the amount of reflected light. And it, but what other, I'm curious, what are the other composites that are, that are being used in the ag space? John, take that one, Andrew, or you want me to? Um, if for us, we, we use NDVI because it's, it's a, we think it's a, a great correlation of plant health and plant stress. stress. Um, there is other... Um, algorithms, there's, there's a lot of different indices that, that people um, do use, but it, it depends on what the farmer's trying to, to achieve. Um, and, and a lot of it's around stress of the of the crop, and NDVI is a great composite for that application. There is chlorophyll maps, there's uh, NDRE, which uses the red edge band, which looks more at chlorophyll type components. Uh, we haven't had a lot, lot to do with that in that space. Uh, as I mentioned, NDVI is what farmers typically use and understand. We use a bit of NDRE in tree crops over here. Um, we use that through a South African company. We're also partnered with similar to similar to what we're doing with Tyrannus and Andrew, um, and it it apparently uh, penetrates further into the uh, into the foliage than just the standard NDVI um, uh, algorithm on the back of on the, uh, they use different light sources, I suppose. So the red edge component of NDRE penetrates further into the foliage and gives you a better visualization of the health of uh, of each individual canopy that you're looking at, say say like a citrus tree or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and I think it it might be fair enough to bring up the the point of um, even ce cellular uh, sort of resolution. So um, you know we're dealing with drones that uh, you know you fly them low enough, the resolution's high enough, you can get really incredible uh, resolution. Uh, but the tractor the tractor is still um, you know a couple meters square, you know ten meters square or something like that. So it, what what is the preferred I guess cell size that 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 you guys are working with, obviously it's going to change by the crop. Um, but when, when you would, when you disseminate data to a farmer, um, what does, what cell size does he want to work with? Like you said, it really depends on what his equipment is. So that's where, that's where mm -hmm. companies like uh, Stratus Imaging and, and StevTech come in to understand the exact requirement, the exact setup of that farmer, and then match the data to that farmer. There's no point him having the most, 
you know, high resolution premium data set, which is going to cost him the earth, and then he can only apply like ten meter or fifty meter, fifty meter squares mm. in in that uh, when he actually goes to apply that. So that's that's the key part I think that's missing in a lot of this. There's a lot of money going into developing tech, but there's not a lot of you know mm. that translation of tech to to practical, and that's where the organisations like ours and Andrew come in, and we say right, well actually what you need. Listening to what you're saying about what your needs are, I think on the on the spectrum of things, this is what you what you need. And in the case of the Tyrannus system, it's really good because you can get it's a layered system. So it, it's not just drone data; it's not just high high resolution drone data. It's everything from 10 meter satellite to 1.2 meter satellite to 10 centimeter um, high resolution stuff that comes from either a plane or a drone. And then that really really specific high high resolution drone data where you can find individual insects and weeds and all sorts of things so it's it's one of those <clears throat> layered approaches that allows you to um, tailor exactly what that where that farmer is at uh, and tailor a package to his needs essentially mm -hmm. okay that's good well, gives us a good chance to go into what tyrannus ag is is doing uh you know i i came across a few phrases or or words um emergence nutrient deficiency um insects and disease so um, yeah, and those are the types of things that the uh, that the, the technology um, is is looking at. Emergence. Let's just clarify that term. What 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 is emergence speaking to? So it's looking at um, the amount of plants that emerge from from after seeding. So emergence is can be difficult depending on the the type of crop. Um, precision planted. Crops like corn and soybean are easy to do for emergence, but once you start getting to wheat, barley and canola where it is basically seeded from an air seeder, you don't get a uniformity to try and count the emergence. So you can get it close, but it's not as accurate as precision planted crops. Okay. I saw a term on the the website, um, and it and it speaks to the the whole t subject, I guess, which is uh, digital farms. So um, obviously, the the drones bring us digital data. What else is using uh, the the data that that's coming from these drones? So one thing I mentioned earlier was around having have all this data, but the farmers going to be able to make a decision. With this information. So with the Tyrannus system, we can capture the weed information down to individual weeds and we can create a heat map out of the weed pressure. And then we can create zones um, and depending on the, the size of the, uh, the property, we can tailor the amount of zones. And then that information is then um, put into a prescription and then that can go into a tractor for a variable rate application. So as Tristan many mentioned earlier, um, most sectional booms are around 50 to maybe a metre, 50 centimetres to a metre. There's no point in providing data down to 8 or 10 centimetres because the machine can't handle that information. So the, the system will then create zones based on what is applicable to the farmer so they can go out and do targeted spraying. I guess it's not just the okay. uh, the farmer though that's interested in in this stuff in terms of digitising farms. The biggest uptake I find is with agronomists. So consulting agronomists, essentially, who go from farm to farm to farm, have a you know in Australia they might have anywhere from ten to twenty five customers that they have to understand exactly what's happening on each farm. 
um, digitizing that, as in giving them reports that can come out of Tyrannus or uh, satellite data or just a cogent way for them to visualize that digitally means that they can get across heaps more terrain um, in a way that still takes absolute uh, precise care of each customer without having to be on that quad bike, that motorbike roaring through fields for the entirety of his working week. He instead can outsource some of that, some of that you know, labor intensive scouting um, to other, other sources, be they satellites, be they drones, um, whatever. Uh, and the way that I sort of conceptualize that is based, based on my, my previous career in the military. <clears throat> when you're on the ground and you're in the face of it, you're, everything's analog, you're seeing everything as it's happening. But then when you step back and you take command of things at a, at a, at a higher level, um, you have to digitize that. You have to understand that in a digital sort of format. So you have to understand terrain, um, you know, airspace, reports that are coming in, whether they're not in a digital format or not. You have to digitize that so that you can make more decisions across a wider area. <clears throat> and that's essentially what we're allowing the farmer to do. You can go from an analog kind of perspective of the farm or even the agronomist an analog perspective of each of these farms through to being like, you know, the commanding general who can sit back with a digital perspective on what's happening, make decisions on data and then move on. And for those agronomists that we're working with, you know, we're finding they can increase their, their rate of effort. They can increase their return by bringing on more customers because they can get across more country uh, a lot quicker and a lot more accurately. Okay. The technology behind, uh, Tyrannus Ag. Um, we'll do a two part. So, if uh, I'll let Andrew take the uh, the the what what the hardware is, um, how it works, and how it's providing data, and then uh, Tristan afterwards, maybe you can tell me um, how that all works in the field. You know, just just describe a typical operations uh, operations flight. So, over to you, Andrew. So the we'll start with the platform. So when when a customer um, comes into the platform, they get satellite imagery. Um, they can also order premium satellite imagery through 1.2 metre Airbus imagery. And then we can go down to the 8 to 10 centimetres with the with the drone and DVI. And then we go into what we call AI2, which we'll talk about now. So the AI2 is captured with a Canon camera, a normal digital camera, mounted horizontally in a pod that's mounted underneath a heavy lift drone. The, the drone is typically around 12 metres above the ground, 12 to 13, depending on the, the crop, so about 40, metre, 40 feet um, AGL. So it's fairly close to the ground, travelling at between 30 and 35 kilometres an hour. The drone doesn't take, doesn't stop to take the images. They continue continuously taken. So it typically takes an image every 45 to 60 metres. So once we look at the captured data, it works out to about one image per acre. Um, Tristan mentioned earlier about an agronomist would go out to a scouting run over a lot, a lot of hectares. This basically does the same thing, but it's covering most of the field, one image per acre, which is about 2% but it also covers the inside of the field as well. So typically a agronomist or a farmer can go into a, into a middle of the field where there could be an outbreak of disease or a weed or, or a type of insect. So the drone will cover that as well. The images are then uploaded to the Tyrannus system and then it goes through a fairly complex AI identification process. So every image is analysed four times. 
So each image is analysed for nutrients, insects, disease or weeds. If there's enough information within those images, then it provides an insight onto the, onto the platform where a farmer then can go in and look at how many weeds per metre square have I got, what type of weeds, what insects have I got, how many insects have I got, in, and nutrient is as, as well. With the nutrients, it's looking at the symptom. It's not going to tell you the um, how much nitrogen, as an example, you need to put into your field, but it'll tell you that there's a nitrogen deficiency based on the symptom of the plant. So you can then start to target where you go and look for, uh, if, if you've got a disease outbreak, you can go and look at that particular part of the field. So these images um, take about 12 to 24 hours to process. So it doesn't take long. Uh, and Tristan could probably uh, vouch that the, the imagery that comes back is, is unbelievable. Um, we can see um, insects, bees and flies and moths that are sitting on a leaf uh, in growth. Uh, you, you can't see the exact type of moth it is, but you can see that there's a moth there. You can distinguish what insect it is. So the, the, the AI is, is pretty powerful, very precise. Um, when Tarana started, they, they analysed millions and millions of images with agronomists to identify exactly what a certain weed looks like or a certain insect or a certain deficiency looks like. And then the machines, the AI is, is trained. So, yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Um, people have... have um, surprised how it's captured. The, the camera is actually sitting um, horizontally. It's not pointing down. So there's a mirror system within the pod that moves at the rate at which the drone is flying. So at a split second point in time, the focus and the camera move at the same speed of the drone. So when it does take the picture, everything is standing still for a split second. And that's how the image is captured in, in great clarity. So that, that, that's an overview, um, but it, it's pretty amazing. When you see the back-end stuff of how these guys uh, look at the images, it's pretty impressive. And Tristan, maybe you can um, – do, you, do you, I think you, you said you had the gear right there and, um, and, you know, even if you could hold it up to the screen as you're uh, describing I've it. Yeah. The there in the back. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> So that pod weighs about three and a half kilos with, with the camera mm -hmm. attached. Back on. Yeah, so you can see the, the pod the pod here. It's about a two kilo uh, bit of equipment which dangles off the uh, – can we take the thing off, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it um, hangs off the bottom of a Matrice 600 uh, drone, which is essentially the, the DJI hexacopter um, is what we use. And as you can see there, the um, the cannon is essentially shoved in the back there, parallel to the ground, uh, and it uses a system of mirrors to basically take those uh, those images. If you can see that from where you are, so it's a, a high end sort of camera, full frame sensor, decent lens on it, and a system that can log exactly where it is at any one time in the paddock, so that you know that that the system can make sense of it uh, once it comes back for post processing, I suppose. So. Um, yeah, so that's the device. It's um, <clears throat> a little heavier than most devices that we carry in a um, 
in a sort of agricultural imaging sort of sense, but <clears throat> we can do vastly more hectares than we can in a traditional sort of uh, multispectral sensing fashion because of exactly what Andrew said in terms of the fact that it's just taking samples around the paddock. Much more samples than an agronomist would take, but it's not taking the whole paddock. It's taking, you know, two or three uh, images per hectare, uh, an image per, per acre in American. Um, <clears throat> So I guess to your question, what we do when we go out there, we, uh, we basically head out to whichever, whichever farm that Andrew sort of uh, ascribed us to and we'll set up our Matrice 600 with the, with the pod on the back of it. Um, in order to power this, the Matrice 600, you've got to have a fairly decent setup in terms of batteries and you know, generators or um, inverters and batteries in the, in the vehicle. <clears throat> um, and what I normally do is I normally start the, the equipment up and then some widget doesn't work for me and I have to call Pete, my main pilot. He's, a, <laughs> he's my head pilot, so I don't get out as much as he do. Give him a call, he'll, he'll, he'll put me in the right direction and then we'll get going again. Um, and then it's very simple. We have a, 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 um, a flight planning app, which we basically, <clears throat> it's an app that allows you to terrain follow. So that as, as Andrew said, it's very low to the ground comparatively. It's 15 or odd metres from the ground. Um, so in Australia, we have things called gum trees, and I know you have power lines over there. We also have them, so they are at a similar height. Um, so you've got to just be a bit careful about how you plan the missions. And um, and then, <clears throat> yeah, you rip into it, and it's, as I said, vastly faster. So with a fixed-wing platform doing traditional um, orthomosaic, like NDVI orthomosaics, we'd probably get through around 500 to 700 hectares a day, um, you know, that's with a fixed wing at 120 meters, uh, you know, getting 10 centimeter res resolution imagery. With the Tyrannus pod, we can get we over summer we were getting through up to a thousand hectares in a day per drone. Um, so it's it's remarkably remarkably quick, um, and that is probably one of the key points in Australia, which has been uh, which has limited adoption in Australia, is that the slow nature of um, acquiring drone imagery on such large fields, like in Australia. It's not unusual to have um, two or three hundred hectare fields. So what's that in times that by two point four, and you've got how many acres those fields are? Those individual paddocks can be that big. Um, and so in Australia, one of the, the limits to adoption is the fact that drones just cannot get across as much um, terrain as they need to in a day. But with this pod, we actually can. We, you know, we've got in my business, we've got two of them, and we will be able to this winter. We should be able to get across. Um, you know, up to two thousand hectares a day um, as a, as our little little business, which is which is a you know times up by two point four, and that's how many acres we're getting across. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's uh, that's brilliant, guys. I think um, we got through most of the the questions, and and uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, what what it's capable of, and when we'll definitely source um, imagery and and video that uh, Andrew's provided us as sort of a backdrop for this uh, for those who are who are watching. Um, We've come up against the uh, the end of our show. We've we've uh, I'm sure there's more we could uh, cover in that space, but it's been really great having you guys. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it, Darren. Thank you. Thank you. That's all we have time for today. Tune in to our next SOARcast for more discussion on geospatial products found on SOAR.